Hey everybody, welcome to the High Sessions Hawaii podcast, where we talk about everything local and beyond. I am John Yamasato, your host, and with me today is uh, Mr. Kyle Shimabukuro, Mr. Devin Nicoba. That's it. And we're going to have Chris Stiles in here. He is a DJ slash rapper in a few minutes. Once he buzzes in, we'll get him on. But why don't you just kind of have the boys here and talk a little bit before he jumps on the horn. So how are you guys doing? Okay. Yeah, good. good. I, I was just thinking, I, I put posted this on Facebook, but, um, you know, I've been around my house well, with the family and stuff, and um, I would walk around in my boxers only, you know, just like kind of kind of be nice and cool. But my, my desire to have an iPhone in, in my pocket, I've never been so motivated to wear pants around the house because uh, I need that iPhone in there. So on a normal day, you walk around without pants? Yeah. Doesn't everybody? Wait, hold on. Chris is there. Hold on. I'm going to buzz him. Bring him back. Do you hear Yo, Chris. Hey, Chris. <laughs> Hang on. He's got to get his sound going now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, all That's it. So, man, we, we haven't met. So, I'm John. Hello, John. How's it? Kyle over there. And you know, you know Devin, right? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know this guy at the porch. <laughs> <laughs> like a terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Chris, right before you came on, we're t- I was telling the guys that normally I walk around the house in my bibs, but, but not, not bibs, in my boxers. But because nowadays I want my iPhone on me at all times, I, I put shorts on. So I've never been this motivated to be clothed like in my house by myself as I, have, as I have since this iPhone's been invented. I don't know. Do you guys have a special way of, of keeping your phone with you um, in the house when you could just, you know. Uh, let it all hang out? Yeah, let it all hang out. Well, I mean, I'm not going to stand up. That's all I'm going to say right now. <laughs> 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 Are, you in the, Are you in the bathroom? Let's go. Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> I was over there hoarding toilet paper. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Although, I got to say, I, I didn't buy any toilet paper since the pandemic started, and I still have a lot of toilet paper left. But I, don't, I don't feel like I'm going to run out. Yeah, me, me either, because I have a bidet. Oh, okay. So it doesn't yeah, really take much. You can yeah. use the toilet paper for the bidet, though. It's not like you just wash and then walk off, right? You just dab and you walk away. Yeah, it's not the same. You don't have to like, you know, pull a bunch of sheets and keep going. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like if it's a if it's a particularly uh, messy day, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes you're wiping for a while. With the bidet you don't have to worry about that. So Yeah, thank you for sharing that, David. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's true, man. Awesome for the challenge. I think I, I bought like two boxes from Amazon just because it was like a hype thing to do. Like, yeah. oh they're running out of twenty paper. Can you get it? jackpot so <laughs> i have two boxes yeah my sister-in-law signed up for a, a subscription from amazon nice so he comes, comes in yeah Kyle? what you signed up just for toilet paper i think she got some other stuff too like i don't know tissue i don't know so chris let me let me go over your background a little bit so we can introduce you to the audience but you are a dj over at high 93 Correct? Yes. But you also do like like rapping. When we say rapping, like you perform and you bust some rhymes every once in a while, right? Yes, yes. That's actually um that was how I got started with anything in entertainment was making uh hip hop music or rap music. Oh, nice. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that or have you talk a little bit about that in the sense that, you know, um I have a friend, his name is Grant, and he's part of the underground hip hop scene here in Hawaii and it's a lot bigger than I think people give it credit for, if I can put it that way. There's a lot more guys out there and there's a lot more things, but I don't feel like the the underground rap scene, the artists out there, they're not in it to, to become famous or to try, try to promote themselves in a way that's just going to get likes and stuff. It's more about the artistry. I, that's my, my take on it. But maybe yeah. 
can either confirm or, or tell me I'm full of BS or whatever, but it just seems like you, there's a lot out there, but you don't hear about it too much because the guys are just in it to, because they enjoy it so much. And it's not, it's not about necessarily, well, I got to release this uh, uh, LP so that everyone hears this or whatever, or, or, or am I, am I reading it wrong? Um, it, it really depends on the artist, but uh, in my opinion, and I've been doing hip hop for 20 years now, um, you know, like with any, any performance art, you want an audience, you know, so you could have an artist performing in front of five, 10 people and the excitement won't be nearly as much as if you put them in front of a hundred. So it's not, I don't think it's that they, they don't want to be famous. They just don't want to, a lot of the artists, like, to be honest, are just like with, with any art, they just want to do the art and don't want to do the business or don't want to do the hard work. You know, because it feels like, and I can associate with that, where it feels like it takes away from your art form. You know, like, so for instance, if you were to, you know, you want to, you like painting all kinds of things, but your thing that blows up is giraffes. And then now everybody wants to buy giraffes, but you get tired of painting giraffes. You know, it's kind of like that. Yeah, as uh, someone who's worked in the music business for probably about the same amount of time, I can totally understand what you're saying. Yeah. Many, many, many artists, uh, they just want to create and um, they don't think about, yeah, well, if I'm doing this creation, how is it going to support me uh, either financially or, or what's the big, what's the bigger picture, you know, beyond just, just making my craft. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So that's yeah, heavy. I mean, a lot of work though. I think that people don't see. That's why they don't see like the whole machines that go behind successful musicians or artists, right? There's marketing, there's your... I don't know, PR, there's tons of stuff. Right, right, right. Yeah. So what, what is the, what, are there any like, um, where would you say is the best place to find hip hop here in Hawaii right now? Online. I mean, online is everything, you know, because uh, being that, of course, at this point, there's no venues, but even prior to this, um, you know, you'd, you'd have these events that would pop up and you would get maybe like, uh, a few hundred artists or a few hundred uh, people at the absolute most that would support the local hip hop industry. But it'd be strange because people would bring their own audiences, right? Their own crowd to share with everybody. And um, as soon as that artist was done, that they would leave. So their crowd would leave with them. Mm. It, it wasn't centralized usually around hip hop music per se, as much as artists and their supporters. Um, there used to be like events, like hip hop events that would, that were the found, where the main attraction was hip hop in general. Then certain artists could jump on, there'd be open mics, uh, open DJs, b-boy battles. But those elements have gone for some reason, you know, not much of those like big events where hip hop was the center. Yeah. Is it, is it just a lack of, um, because hip hop, I feel like, is bigger than ever, at least on a national level, right? Yeah, mm, I would say like rap music's bigger than ever. Okay, okay. Um, but again, I don't like you barely even see much of the like the DMCs, for instance. I think it's DMCs. No, what are they called? Like the DJ battles. They weren't as big as before. Um, or like the the World Breakdancing Championships, you know. Korea keeps smashing everybody in that. <laughs> yeah, because the, the, for the B-Boys, for a long time, I don't know about as of this moment, but for a solid chunk of years, um, the Korean B-Boys would just smash everybody because they were just doing power moves after power move after power move. They were just on a different level. What's up with all the Korean talent lately? Because, I mean, they also have the apparently the world's best boy band, too. <laughs> yeah. Boy. Action. I mean, my God, what a talented um, nationality. <laughs> yeah. It's the power of kimchi. <laughs> you have a kimchi diet for most of your life, like, you'll be successful. <laughs> Are you Wait, Korean? Uh, Chris? Yes. No. Are you Korean? No, yes. no, no, not at all. <laughs> okay. I'm a, I'm a mighty, mighty Filipino. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, till I think oh, our stations are uh, 
93.1, all those, all those stations. We had the, we had the tallest, biggest Filipinos ever. Because we had Styles and we had Brandon Alcantara. Brandon was like six foot five. Chris is what are you six foot three? Six three, yeah. Yeah. So we had some big Filipinos, bro. <laughs> it was pretty scary. What are you doing? But, like six? You're like six what, Devin? No, like I'm five five. Anyway, <laughs> but I'm Japanese, and you're shorter than me, so you can't even I'm say eight. anything. Not much, bro. Like a half inch, maybe. <laughs> like a big floppy hair that makes you like inch taller than me. <laughs> Stiles, why don't you um, why don't you let everybody know like where you where you're from? Because you rep uh, you rep West Side pretty hard. Oh, day. Uh, I was born and raised in Nanakuli. Um, I lived in the homestead for about 25 years, and uh, like deep in Nanakuli Valley. So like it was interesting growing up because I have no so I have no Hawaiian. Uh, in my in my genealogy, in my blood, whatever you like to say, and uh, but I was raised in the homestead where it's all Hawaiians. You gotta have Hawaiian blood to live in the homestead. Uh, I went to Nanakuli Elementary, which is the highest percentage of Hawaiians. Um, that's a public school because it's in the middle of the homestead. And then I graduated from Nanakuli High School. So his, that's what's fascinating about Styles is his knowledge of Hawaiiana and the culture and all that stuff and his sense of belongingness to that is super deep. Because you, he was telling me not till what, about 10 years ago or something? You didn't realize you weren't even Hawaiian? Until fifth somebody grade, told you. Oh, it was fifth grade. Oh, sorry. It was fifth grade. It was on a while ago. Yeah, I'm a yeah. young boy. Yeah. But he he was shocked to find out that he wasn't Hawaiian. <laughs> yeah, fifth grade, I was in class, um, and like I said, it's the highest population of uh, our percentage of Hawaiian uh, Native Hawaiian students in Nanakuli Elementary. Fifth grade, the teacher asked us to um, all sit down, and then this is just like literally a day after my I got into an argument with my mom because she wanted me to eat like some stink fried Filipino fish. I don't know. I, I can't stand Filipino fish. <laughs> and you have the eyeballs looking at you. And I'm like, I don't like it. And I was like, no, I'm not. And she's like, you're Filipino. You're supposed to eat this. I'm like, no, I'm Hawaiian. And we got into a fight. And then, um, you know, eventually she won because it's the truth. I'm not Hawaiian. So I go into class and she asked for all the students who don't have Hawaiian to please stand. She set us up. Me and another girl who was from like California stood up. Oh man, it was such an interesting moment <laughs> in my life. Because <laughs> all the kids are like, "What? What are you?" <laughs> three Filipinos. Is that mm, yeah uncommon, right? Very uncommon. Uh, you know, Filipinos are mostly uh, short. They fit into compact spaces. <laughs> like, well, but yeah, I, so I my dad was Paul. That's why so. First Filipino MMA champion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, we, we don't we don't do fighting. We do Manny Pacquiao. That's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so growing up uh, not a coolie side, what what made you get into uh, DJing? As far as uh, getting into the radio station, that's that's kind of interesting. Um, um the rate getting into radio was the kind of like a, a serendipitous thing. I never really pursued getting into radio. Um, although I did do like a, a rap verse back when I was 17 for a radio show. Like I did like a radio intro for, uh, Cutmaster Spaz and DJ Kui. So that was like my very first taste of radio. We recorded this rap intro. And then in high school, I was into, uh, AV a lot, like audio visual. Mm -hmm. So I started produce, uh, you know, making these, I don't know how to say like sketch videos. And I had a TV show on Olelo for my senior year of high school. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I've so it was, over there. Really nice group of people over there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My, um, so my mentor from high school is like one of the managers now at Olelo. So, but they, yeah, it's really, it's a really awesome program because those guys, they let anybody, they, they'll teach anybody as long as you want to do it. You know? All right. So I still want to have Styles on because his uh, his knowledge of stuff, not just in hip hop, but in music, in 
in production in I mean he's kind of done a little bit of everything but he's also the guy who gets you stuff <laughs> you know he calls him he, the, last week he was like oh man I'm the plug I'm the plug and I'm thinking what? Kyle I don't know about you but when I was growing up be calling yourself the plug was not a good thing yeah, yeah. but he's, but he's yeah. saying he's a plug and I'm like you're a plug and he meant you know I'm the I'm the interface I'm the one you know I, I'm, I'm the provider and I went oh okay <laughs> but he always says he always has the latest greatest you know hip thing to talk about and I always have absolutely no clue what he's talking about yeah the kids the kids call it the plug see strange uh. and you notice Kyle and John both looked at you like huh the yeah, plug. <laughs> <laughs> no I gotta say I got the reference. Like <laughs> he's the um the power tree. Yeah, like oh, the connect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah. Okay. So what what is going on right now? What is everybody doing? What are the what are people doing now that they can't leave their house? TikTok. TikTok. Oh, <laughs> my daughter is all about TikTok, man. There you go. <laughs> But uh, that's the, I, that I stopped at Instagram. Like I can't I can't do another social media platform. But um, it, it's mostly for fun, right? I mean, I, I know there's some TikTok millionaires out there, but um, do you really do you really feel that that's the next big thing? Uh, well, wherever the kids are and the numbers are, that's where it's at. You know, the kids always um they you know every year or every few years the kids want their own place to play. Right. You know? right, 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 so right, right. It was like Snapchat at one point. Right. Uh, not TikTok, and TikTok is pretty cool. It's the only is a it's a Chinese company, right? That's right. That's that's the downside, right? It's a, that's what they're wondering. Like, where is all this information going? You know, <laughs> like, but it's a pretty cool app. I get it. If I'm a kid, I would enjoy it. I just I my girlfriend loves it right now. <laughs> Can you explain what it is to us old guys that have no clue? Uh, it's like a um. Have you guys done like Instagram stories or Snapchat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's the same concept. Uh, you're filming, but it has a little bit more um, tools for you to use. So you could uh, put a song over it. Babe, you can't dance with the song, yeah? You can? Okay, so it'll actually play the song for you to dance to so that you can film yourself dancing to the song. Um, you can lay text over situations, kind of like captions. Oh, okay. So, like, if you're sneaking somewhere, you can write a caption that says, you know, around the back of the bank, you know, okay, about to break in, things like that. It just has a lot more, uh, more tools for you to for your filming, see, more fun things to play with. It's a good way for a novice to just cut, introduce to like editing and filming. Then, yeah, like video storytelling, especially because it goes Got straight it. to the audience. Yeah, Fifteen seconds, right? Uh, I don't know if there's a time limit. Oh. 15 or 60, you can do either one. 15 or 60, okay. okay. Yeah. See, he's not as hip as I thought he was because he's still got to ask his girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> his girlfriend's the plug. She's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the plug. <laughs> and, uh, and, for, and Devin and Chris, for both of you guys, um, I've always – so when I was little, when I was um, – 10 or 11, I got to go up to KQMQ and hang out with Chris Hart. Um, Chris probably doesn't know who that is, but Devin definitely knows who Chris mm -hmm. Hart is. Deal back in the 80s and um, 80s, early 90s or whatever. I always wanted to be a radio DJ and I uh, got to hang out a bunch there during the KCCN FM 100 days with Devin and some of the other guys. And uh, man, behind the scenes, you used to get a lot of crazy calls and People that would, you know, it's almost like they're lonely and they would call into the station and talk to the DJs off air and stuff like that. Do those kind of things still happen? <laughs> yes. Yes. I know Devin get the most. Nobody <laughs> did. Actually, you got, a, you got a lot of it working night show at 102. Yeah. Their crazy stuff always happens at night. So when, when, Styles was, when Styles was the number one DJ at night for 1027 uh, before he moved to 9831, yeah, he would be there. And you were one of the few that was actually on. Like, you were physically there. Yeah. And so people were just, wow, man. 
Oh, you got some crazy people talking. My favorite uh, crazy no, listener to share. Oh, my favorite uh, crazy listener that I had one time, and I have the audio. Uh, she called in to complain uh, about her ex-boyfriend. Uh, her ex-boyfriend, and that she, he's a terrible person, and that she wants she wants to talk to me to make him jealous. And her ex-boyfriend. <laughs> Was a guy named Chris Styles. Who she <laughs> and she's like, I was like, Chris Styles, your ex? She's like, yeah, he's such a terrible blah, 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 blah. She starts talking and she's like, okay, thank you. I think you just made him jealous. And I was like, this is, I'm in some kind of uh, strange dream right now. <laughs> like, yeah, weirdos. Oh, oh, we lost John. Oh, no, no. oh there he is. Oh. Are you sure that wasn't one of your exes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no. She, this woman told me, like, she grew up with me in Waimanalo. And, like, oh, you're like, oh, sorry, wrong side of the island there. Oh, all right, lady. You know what I never knew um, until I met Devin as a DJ was that they didn't listen to requests to play music. <laughs> When he was on KCC at early, I would call him up and go, hey, you can play Carl Parlo. He goes, uh, hey, maybe, uh, he might come up. I'm like, well, why don't you put it on? He goes, no, it's in the rotation. Maybe if it's in the rotation, I go, wait, you don't take any requests. You just make it like you do. He goes, yeah, pretty much. It's a dream crusher, yeah? Yeah. I was young. <laughs> when I was young, I would be on the phone, you know, keep dialing just to request something on 98 Rock or something when I was a kid, you know? And then I would listen on night four, and I, yeah, I was wondering why it never came. After you, you know, you request a song, but because you request really obscure shit that nobody listens to, <laughs> probably. You know, I used to request a nine eight rock was to play Stairway to Heaven backwards. Because <laughs> remember, backwards masking was like super big back then, and I wanted to hear how it sounded. But well, that's actually what DJs could have done that nowadays. You can't even do that; it's all pre-programmed, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's what I learned from Devin. Is like you can request whatever you want, but it might not come up. You know, yeah. well, because most of the time with it was top forty radio, you were making a request for, and the top forty radio people would always request songs that were coming up already. So you go, okay, sure, we'll play yeah. that, and it would come up. And now it, it doesn't work like that. Plus, it's it's all computerized. So that's why I think we do need a station like Radio Free Hawaii back on again. <laughs> oh, jeez, I was the only one that they actually took requests and just played anything right back in the day. Wait, you were on Radio Free? No, but I just missed that station. Oh. Did I ever tell you guys about my Don Ho radio show? No. Yeah. Oh, what? Okay, so, so back in like, so this is like 1996. Or, uh, I give it maybe 98, something like that. You know, the internet is just blossoming, right? And there was a guy who was doing uh, this radio show called Aloha Joe Internet Radio. And he would play Hawaiian music over the internet. And... Um, I thought, oh, that's kind of interesting, you know, that you could have internet radio rather than terrestrial radio that could go worldwide. And then I found out that Aloha Joe, I don't, I don't know if he's still up. I'll, I'll look him up while we're talking. But, but you know, he was having, remember when banner ads were a big deal? So he, yeah. on there. he was actually making money off of this thing. So my buddy Dave used to um, know Don Ho because he was friends with Don Ho's bass player. And so, um, so I pitched this idea to Dave to take to Don Ho about having an, a fully functional radio sh channel online that, that would be run. And then we would just call it the Don Ho radio stage because Don Ho, who's more iconic than Don Ho, right? Everybody in the world knows Don Ho. And I'm like, Don Ho doesn't even have to do anything. Maybe we'll have him do like some voiceovers, like, hey, welcome to the Don Ho radio, you know, kind of thing. And then just play that, but he doesn't have to be a part of it, but it could be a big deal. And so we kicked the idea around, but I, let's see, I was probably 19 years old, you know, so I didn't really have the ability to pull the thing off, but you know, now all radio stations are online 24 seven. You can listen to them on, on, on online and that, that was the idea that i had back before it, it all happened you know and damn it i only had just been a little bit more 
proactive and getting it going. Like, I think it could have really worked out. We could have had Gavin and Chris on. That's our teacher. <laughs> and uh, yeah, now, now every radio station is, is worldwide and, and digital. But that was my idea back in, in oh yeah, he's still here. Doc, Aloha Joe. One of the most influential Hawaiian websites on the internet, Movie Line Magazine. And he's still got all his things up and he's still going. I've met Aloha Joe many times. He's a really nice guy. Yeah. Did you get to meet Don Ho? I've never met Don Ho. No. <laughs> yeah, he passed away before we, we could get the idea going. But oh. I don't know. That, that was just an idea I had a long time because I, I, I loved radio. I've always loved radio. And um, yeah, you guys get to do, a, a, to me, a pretty fun job. I don't know if you would agree. Well, that's still not a bad idea. I mean, you just got to check with who owns his, his rights, right? Yeah, yeah. Actually, a really good idea. Something. I mean, I haven't heard any Don Ho anything for a long time. Yeah. The guy is iconic. That's been the best, absolute, like, best of the best of Hawaii stuff. Like, most tourists, most, you know, most, that most people can digest. That will be really good. Yeah. You know? This It's why I wanted to get the three of you together. Because you guys are, like, the, the, the idea guys. So that way, Styles comes up with an idea, and then Kyle can make a shirt for it. And then Kyle can come up with an idea and Chris will write a rap for it or John will be part of it or whatever. You guys do some sort of collaboration, some sort of musical shirt collaboration thing because the, that's a the fun thing to talk to the three of you about individually because you each like ideas pop in and out of your heads so quickly. I can't <laughs> follow them all the time. But I was like, man, if I got the three of you guys together and you guys started to collaborate on something, it'd be crazy. <laughs> my, my ideas come at three in the morning and, and you know when I can't sleep that's when I well he's just good well Styles is just getting up so you can just call him and let him know <laughs> yeah true Stop, are you are you out in Nanakuli still uh no I, I have since uh made it out the hood okay, uh, <laughs> okay. No, I live in uh, Kanuki now I was looking at your uh your Facebook and um I know that you've been Pretty, uh, you know, you have some thoughts about the lockdown and what's been going on with everybody. Are, are you, are you pro or uh, today? Today, as of today, this is Tuesday, the twenty-first. We've had our second straight day of zero uh, new infections. Although these things are delayed. I mean, you know, it's mm. kind of dependent on how many tests they get. But uh, are you are you pro uh, keeping everything still locked down, or uh, would you like to see certain certain professions starting to get back to work? Uh, I am a uh, 99% pro lockdown and then 1% I want to open up my bar. Not anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm for, I'm absolutely uh, pro lockdown. I just think, um, you know, we're never fully safe until we're fully safe. And the, the biggest trip of this whole thing is it being asymptomatic. So. Right, right, right. Just, well, the interesting thing is, is uh, now that, you know, there's, so few people coming to the island um you would think that we should be able to you know if we quarantine this thing kind of fizzles itself out get to a point where yeah there's not a lot of infections anymore which is hopefully what's happening um i've been prepared to go through all of april so um that to me is a no-brainer i don't know if they're going to extend this thing but i'm kind of in this just did. So the mayor just did the mayor just extended it yeah he extended it till may through and, may okay. Through May. Yeah. May 31st, yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> Kyle is going to be eating that toilet paper by the time end of May. Well, there's going to there's gonna apparently be some modifications made. I don't know what they are yet. I just saw the kind of the wide, uh, the wide swath of uh, painting about it. I'll try, to, I'll try to see if there's some stuff up. But yeah, they said he's extending it until May 31st. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think we should follow the mold of the successful countries, you know, like, so, like Australia, Australia is doing really well. I believe Austria is doing really well. Those have similar uh, climates to us and then similar situation, right? They're islands, they right. be easily locked down. Granted, Australia is a monster island, but right. I don't know, I think we should just follow suit because that's what works. It's pretty cool because during this lockdown, I, I feel like people are... Um, appreciating things that they have, you know, and not so much like 
obtaining things and then forgetting about them. Now it's like, oh, okay, well, I have this. Let me fix this. Right, or right. Tune this up. Well, even, even so simple as uh, I've been thinking, I better eat all this stuff in my fridge instead of going out <laughs> and get food. You know, this is sitting here. I try to cook it. You know, I got the time. I try to put, you know, Frankenstein something together with all these leftovers versus go out and get something else. Right? You don't want to leave your house. So that's kind of been one of the niceties, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. What is the so, strangest dish you guys have made so far, anybody, in, during this quarantine? The strangest mix? I, you know, I got to admit to you, I haven't made anything weird, but I have had a lot of, like, I don't know exactly when ham expires, but it's okay. So I'm gonna, <laughs> you know, if I get, if I get, wait, hold on. Let me speak <laughs> So if, uh, if I don't feel that good later, at least I'm at home, you know, yeah. I can be out <laughs> at a diarrhea or something like that. So that's kind of been more, more the thing. I haven't really put too much stuff. We've been trying to do baking. Um, my daughter's been into this show called Sugar Rush on Netflix, which is kind of cool. It's, these bakers all compete. And so we've been doing something, but none of that's come out all that great. Yeah. But I wouldn't call it weird, you know? Hmm. Uh, what about you? My wife and my sister-in-law lives with my sister-in-law lives with us too, and they've been getting into cooking, which is a unusual event. But <laughs> I'm enjoying home cooking now, you know. So it's been pleasant eating. What did uh, What did they make? What did they make that's been good? They made a beef stew for the first time. Wow. Um, last night I ate spaghetti. I don't know, simple stuff, but you know, not at Zippy's clothes. We don't have anywhere to go to eat. What do you mean Zippy's clothes? I mean, I used to go to Zippy's a lot in the dining area and just sit down and eat dinner there. Uh, But, you know, everything's at home now and been getting creative. I've been firing up the barbecue again, you know, and stuff. So, yeah, it's been okay. Nothing really unusual, though, you know. Mm. Yeah. How about you, Dev? Um... No, man, we don't, we don't make no crazy stuff. I just learned how to make stuff that people actually eat. <laughs> I heard you had ice cream cake last night. Well, yeah, but that was bought from Baskin and Robbins, bro. So yeah, my wife's birthday, you bought so. it for your wife's birthday, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. so sweet. So. Cause you know, it's not only that, you know, it was her birthday, but I know how much you love ice cream cake. That's why. Yes. But I, I've thought of one that everybody would like, and not just me. That's yeah. how I know I did it. That, that's how I know it was an altruistic event. Wow. <laughs> is Baskin yeah. Robbins is still open? Yes. Uh, Ice cream's hella essential. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of weird when you think about what's open and what's not open. Yeah, yeah. you know what's funny is I, I drove past uh, Kaneki and um, Pipeline Bakery is there. a lot yeah. out the door. And I'm like, yeah. I guess Malasadas is essential for people. Leonard's too, yeah. Not Leonard. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, they could, as long as they can make the they can make the argument for them making food or having food, they can be open. It's why uh, I think um, there's a there's a tea place that's downstairs from where our studios are, and they're open. But the only way the only reason they're open is because they can say, "Well, we're serving drinks, but we also have food," which means uh, Starbucks could totally be open if they wanted to be. But uh, I think because of the number of people that come into the store. Maybe they just they, they don't want to deal with it. Also, yeah. the, also well, the company because uh, Starbucks yeah. is a white thing, and if you hear that Starbucks yeah. is open, there's gonna be a little riot going on. Yeah, yeah, small kind. Oh, and by the way, uh, so uh, John, there were two new coronavirus cases. So zero cases is not true. No, oh, but the zero. Sorry, sorry. I should. Huh? I, should I meant what I meant was zero on Oahu. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we got to make sure. And, uh, and the mayor is opening uh, city parks for exercise, which means you're going to have a whole bunch of people sitting on the beach again because they're going to say, well, I'm exercising. But they're not actually exercising. They're just going to the beach. So uh, I think that one is going to be crazy again. You guys see the video? I think it was of I'm assuming the woman was a tourist, but uh, she was getting a ticket from one of the cops. Um, and I'm only assuming she was a tourist because the cop had told her to just shut up already. And she's like, I got a Second Amendment. He's taking away my Second Amendment. I have the right to free, not Second Amendment, uh, the right to free speech. Right oh, to free speech. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, 
and she's chirping off about uh, her getting a ticket for sitting down and drying herself from the beach. Uh-huh. Like, mm. she's mad because somebody, another man, is standing at the shoreline. So she points to him and is like, he said, he, because he's standing up, he's not getting a ticket, but because I'm sitting down, and it's like, that's oh, kind my. of a lady. <laughs> but I'm gonna, now, do, you think, do you think the mayor did that because that's, that could be a big, big negative towards our tourism industry? I think it also, um, right now, we don't have tourists here as much. So opening the beaches up would just be for locals to enjoy, which is something that's rare for us locals to do, right? And sit on the beach and just enjoy it with other local people, you know? Um, yeah. It's weird for me when I when I sneak away and go to go fishing, you know, across the street from where I live, or even driving past Hawaii Kai and stuff like that. I see people kind of lingering around. If they're local, I don't feel mad at them for enjoying their own backyard. Yeah. But if they're tourists here, then for some reason I get mad, you know, because I'm thinking like, <laughs> use your own backyard, you know. Right now, <laughs> home, use your own backyard. We'll use ours, you know. Let us use ours because that's how we get out of where our house that's how we get fresh air vitamin d you know and and get rooted back into you know the ocean again and stuff so i mean i find it really important to have that outlet for us locals you know i don't think the mayor did that for tourism reasons because there hasn't been as many tourists coming right i mean i see the articles about oh 800 people came to the island in the last couple days or whatever but it used to be forty thousand a day right so Mm-hmm. Um, the numbers are, are way down compared to what we would normally see. And so I think it's more a matter of just, I think uh, the, the population here just does want to get outside. And I think a lot of people feel as though, hey man, if I'm at the park and someone's, you know, 10 feet away from me or whatever, that can't, that's similar to me standing in line at Safeway and you know, <laughs> or whatever. So why can't I do that? So I'm pro- probably he's getting a lot of heat for that. And that's causing this reaction. It, w- it was funny because I live right across of a park. So from my windows, I see the park. And at one point, yeah, the police came and they chased everybody out. So for the last, you know, weeks, few weeks, it's just been empty. But slowly people are making their way back. So I think, the, I think people are becoming a little bit more and more bold and, and out there a little bit. But we'll see, we'll see how that goes, you know. I, well... I no, go ahead. What? I was gonna say. I know for myself, um, it, it's been a little stressful, you know, like with work and stuff. But um, I did try to take the time to take advantage of spending time with family and doing things like that. But this week, I started waking up again at my normal work schedule. I've been coming down. I've been doing, you know, trying to get back into that routine of like what a normal day looks like because I can't, I can't stay on vacation for for more than a month. You know, I got to get back into some kind of groove and, and because at a certain point, things will start opening up a little bit. And I got, you know, you got to be prepared for that. that. That's how I'm looking at it. Yeah. Is that why you're wearing your shirt? Well, well, I got to leave it. I have to be in Mililani for an appointment at 430. So I got to leave it in, in a half an hour and zip on out there. So this is my business shirt. Do you have pants on at least right now? I do have pants on. <laughs> Good. Uh, Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank God. But I, am, but I am considered an essential service and we'll be using our social distancing. I will be wearing a mask and... Uh, Good boy. Everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Uncle Bird. Yeah. He's, you know why? Because he's just sitting around the house getting fed by the family. So he's getting all fat. <laughs> <laughs> and he also... When once everybody goes back, it's gonna be bad because now if somebody if people walk outside the house, he starts screaming and crying because he's like, "Where's everybody?" <laughs> so he's getting super spoiled by all the people being in the house. Yeah, I think I think your dog's gonna be experiencing it too, right? Yeah. yeah. You're yeah. to do your show, right? Or are you doing it remotely? Oh no, we don't have any such thing at our stations. Yeah, <laughs> going in, right? Yeah, we go in. So you guys see each other every day. Are you guys like a door away from each other in the studio? Yeah, <laughs> yeah literally, we're a door yeah. away. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it, it, in that way, it's it's kind of nice because uh, I get my interpersonal interaction with 
people, right? Yeah. So with him and with Rella, with Esme, uh, even with uh, Keola and those guys. So we, we see them coming into the office. We got to talk to them. So I, that's why it's, it's hard for me to, um, to wrap my head around the idea that you just don't leave your house for a month because I have not been able to do that. I've had to leave almost every day for some reason, for something, most of it for, for work of one type or the other. Because if it's not the stuff for um, radio, I also have to go for Palekana because we do, it's all for, um, uh, for construction. And all the construction stuff is also, um, you know, it's also essential. So it doesn't really matter. Like my day just continues the way my day has continued. It hasn't really changed. It's just that everybody goes, oh, so you just sit around your house. Like, no. <laughs> like my, my day officially technically ends probably around 2 o'clock or 3 o'clock. But that's every day. Mm. And so I, I don't get, I don't understand the whole, oh, I just sit around my house thing. Maybe Saturday or maybe Sunday. But nowadays, because the days sort of drift into each other, you don't even notice. And because uh, Styles and I both kind of work on the weekend now, it's different because you, you got to prep for the weekend stuff that's going to be happening. So it's like, well, okay. You know, here's a question. I don't think I even asked you this question before, Devin, but it's for you and Chris. Um, who were your guys' influence in radio back in the day that, wanted, that made you want to be involved in radio? Styles, you want to go? Um, well... I don't know. It's hard to say, like, uh, because I never, again, I, I, I didn't get to explain it earlier, but um, it was kind of serendipitous how I got into radio. I I was into making music. It was more of my thing, you know. Um, I love performing and whatnot. And I got in the radio job on accident. Um, accident meaning basically somebody offered me a job uh, because they owed a favor. Uh so I got offered the job because somebody owed somebody a favor and they decided, well, I don't want the favor, maybe give it to my friend. And then I took the favor and got into radio because I, at the time I was working at Papa John's and as a managing a Papa John's pizza and serving at a hop grill restaurant. So I was like, you know, what? I'd rather do radio than serve food because it seems like more on the path of music. And then I just went from there. Uh, so I, I didn't really look into radio that much until I got into radio. And then uh, one of the, you, you know, you start looking back in your memory on what was the things you remember that stood out. Because, and if they stood out, that means it worked. So one of the biggest things I remember from radio when I was young was uh, Big T's in the Madhouse. <laughs> it was a light show. And they, you know, they would do all these crazy stunts and whatnot. That was really fun to me. So that wasn't um, local. That was, what radio station was that? It was local. It was uh, I-94, I believe. It was I-94. Yeah. It was a night show. Um, and it was just a crazy active night show with like four people on the air. And uh, and then before that, I, I remember listening to radio with my grandma. Um, you guys remember Michael Q. Sang? Yes. Mm -hmm. So that was like her favorite. Like she was obsessed with Michael Q saying. And, uh, those are the people I remember. Yeah. What about uh, whatever happened to Michael Q saying? He passed he died. Away. Yeah. Cancer. Yeah. Did he? Yeah. Oh, he died of cancer. Yeah. It was really sad, actually. He was on TQMQ, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Long time. Yeah. Him and Carrie Steele. Well, Devin, uh, what what about you? Who are your radio influences? Um, well, listening to radio was Big Island, and Big Island was all top forty radio. Is that me? Well, who is that? I'm trying to turn off this beeping thing on my phone, on my computer. <laughs> Gotta control them hoes. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Uh, let me <laughs> These messages thing keep popping up in here. Uh, he's so popular. Sorry about that. No, guy. <laughs> uh, no, no, it's okay. So, um, but you know, back twenty top forty radio, you didn't really know the DJs. At least in in Kona, you you just heard a whole bunch of different music. But that's why I heard Kalapana and Captain and Tanil, and you know what I mean. Like everybody was mixed up in it. Um, so Michael Q. Sang was one. Kamasami Kong. Um, 
but I didn't really get into radio until I came back from college because I took a I took a course my senior year because uh, I was just trying to get credit so I could get the hell out of college. And they had a radio course, and part of the radio course was you had to go be on air. And I went, oh, okay, this might be fun. And then my dad, when I came back home, he said, eh, you need a job. So he talked to Randy Hudno, and he said, hey, Randy, my son needs a job. And my dad worked with Randy Hudno at Kaiser. And so Randy was like, oh, okay. And so I worked with Randy Hudno. I worked with Kimo Villarimo. I worked with Bill Van Osdell, um, like all the FM 100 crew. And that was when FM 100 first started. Like they first, they'd opened the they put out their shingle and turned on the, the transmitter like two months or three months earlier. So I, I was interning with them, which meant I was a good hood. And back then you had to just, you had to get music and you had to run all the commercials and you had to grab CDs and do all of that stuff. So I did all that. And then um, uh, what was funny was uh, Randy would have, they would have me work on the weekend running, doing voice tracks and voice tracks, way back when in radio was different than it is now now the dj records it and then it plays before before this you used to have to record it on reel to reels so they would record their spot they would record their tracks and then the the guru would have to sit in the studio play the track and then play the song and then play the track and then play the song and one day uh randy had to go mc something and so uh, I had to come in and do his tracks. And when I got there, there was nothing on the reel to reel. There was nothing there. And I went, hey, Randy, there's nothing on the reel to reel. He goes, yeah, I know. I said, well, what am I supposed to do? He goes, yeah, just go be on air. And I went, I can't do that. He said, yeah, and I don't worry about it. Because he also knew if he wasn't there, somebody got to talk. And so he called Bill and Bill called me up and said, okay, don't swear. Be in, get in and out, say stuff quickly and don't screw it up. And he said, okay, go. And after that, I started working weekends. So, but the funny thing is because I'd worked with Bill and Randy and Kimo and all these guys for such a long time in a concentrated way, I, my voice became an amalgamation of all of them. So you can hear certain bits of what Kimo does. You can hear certain bits of what Randy does. And you can definitely hear influence of what Bill does, like all three of them um, in what I do doing radio. So it's kind of funny because now uh, working at F, working at Kumu, I ended up having to train some people. And so you, when you train the weekenders, you find that they start to sound like you too, <laughs> which is a, which is a strange which is a strange thing. But it's kind of I mean it's kind of cool. But yeah, nowadays, it, that you start off by imitating, right? Oh yeah, yeah. totally. And and even so when you try to find your voice, you still. Like the way you do a break, the way you think about how things fit together, it, it, it comes down to listening to other people. So so it's safe to say you were basically uh, turkey-basted by a bunch of different guys that made you. Oh, bro, seriously? <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, Chris came out the box. Chris came out the box fully formed and they just let him go and mine was not like that. Yeah. <laughs> but it was also because it was also because, you know, back then there was actually kind of a training program. You you sat and you learned and you it was very much it was very much um I th and I don't know if it was a, a radio because it was KCCN, because it was FM one hundred and kind of Hawaiiana bait that they taught you the same way. It was you sit and you watch and you watch me do this and then at some point in time I'm gonna let you do them. But you gotta watch and you gotta wait and you gotta wait and you gotta watch. And then they let you go. And that's kind of you know, Kumuhula do it that way with the the old Hawaiians, that's that's the way they taught you how to do stuff. Yeah, so, you know way up back then. Yeah, yeah. And what's interesting now is and Chris can vouch for me on this one, but now they don't really do that. They just go, Okay, here, go on air. And they, there's no training whatsoever. They just sort of let you do your thing and you go, Oh, she's because some guys, they don't have fundamentals down. There's there's people who work on radio who've never cracked a live mic and talked. And that's one of the things you'll notice with Styles. When he, because he came up in that style of having to do a live break, there's a, there's a swiftness of mind you have to have to be able to do it. And a comfort level you have to be able to have to do it. And nowadays, we don't train DJs to do that. So the guys who come on or who come up, all they can do is track. All they can do is voice track their shows because the thought of being on the microphone and sitting there, turn, popping, the, popping the mic on and talking terrifies them. It yeah. scares the shit out of them and they won't do it. And, and it's, I think there's something lost 
with radio because they do that. That's funny because that's what I think DJs do. You know, I don't understand that now it's just not having that live back and forth kind of communication stuff. Just but you, but you, I think you, I think a lot is missed in that. I think it's why, like, even Styles, because Styles was there live for for the other station that they worked on, uh, one or two. Because uh, morning morning shows are a whole different animal. You kind of have to do it that way. But yeah. like when Styles was there at night, he was there live, so he would he would crack the mic live. And because of his background with, um, you know, MCing and all that stuff, there's a certain level to his. Uh, to his conversation and the way he does his breaks that other people cannot do. Sorry, and I don't mean to make you sound really good and make you shame or anything, but it's it's true because he he has a special talent for that kind of stuff um, that you that you either got to train to have or you're going to be doing voice tracking your whole life or your whole radio life, which I think is a shame. Thanks, so. Dan. Yeah. So I have a question. Um... By the way, I don't know if you guys can hear. So last time we did this live broadcast, there was a guy in the next unit over cutting pipe because he was doing plumbing work. We're <laughs> <laughs> building a playground in the park next to me and I got a mini bulldozer or what is that called? Steamroller, mini steamroller going back and forth. So I've been trying to mute myself whenever I'm not talking. But, um, Actually, I haven't heard anything. No, yeah, we can't hear anything, John. You're fine. Good, good, good. But for Styles, uh, let's see. Last question before, because I gotta wrap it up in about ten minutes. But um, let's get back to the music. So, who would you say would be your, your influences as far as uh, when it comes to rapping, um, growing up or, or getting into the into the biz? I think one of my most impactful influences, as most rappers, was in my era was Eminem. Eminem was really because he was very. Um, how do you see this? Uh, Aside from being out of the box and, you know, a different nationality, so it, it opened up the doors for other cultures or other races to be in hip-hop or to be accepted. I think the other thing that's great with Eminem was that he, he grew in a logical sense in front of you as an artist. So, f for instance, like, if you started off rapping slow, one, two, three, four, okay, the next thing to go... To be a little bit better, you will go twice as fast. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. You know, and then he would. So logically, he grew um, with his skills. And I think, uh, as an up-and-coming artist at the time, you could understand that. You know, uh, yeah, he was one of my greatest influences. He was one of the best with um, multi-syllable rhyming, which is something I'm really a fan of. Because multi-syllabic rhyming, you don't. You know, it's things that not everybody can do. Jay-Z is a real huge influence. Um, Wu-Tang was a big influence when I started. A lot of East Coast. I was like, I liked East Coast rap a lot. So because they had a lot more thought into their, their music, as opposed to the West Coast, really was based on a vibe. Okay. Oh, I see, I see. Yeah. Oh, hey, uh, Styles, I meant to ask you. So what about your, uh, your three albums? You got your three desert albums? Three what? Three desert island discs that you'd bring with you. Are you stuck on a desert island? You Ooh. got three albums. Now, now they gotta be three. They cannot be greatest hits albums. They gotta be like single. <laughs> Ooh, that's a tough one. Uh, let me check my iTunes. I think uh, definitely Jay Z. The Blueprint would be one. Oh, into that con consistently. They're all rap albums, by the way. Um, I think oh, it's stuck between the Eminem show and. I'll go with Marshall Mathers LP. Okay. From Eminem. And uh, you know what? Just to break the monotony so I don't end up killing everybody on the island or injuring myself from all the <laughs> negative bass music, I'll go with maybe uh, Kyle Crater Boys. Oh, okay. <laughs> or maybe a Willie Kay. That's a genre switch. Okay. The uncle in, my uncle in me. Or the, not my uncle in me. The uncle in me. <laughs> <laughs> a whole different kind of record, man. She <laughs> <laughs> <Jeez>, is that. <laughs> oh, yeah, those are my top. Okay. Styles, uh, second question. Yes. Will Smith, good rapper? Ooh. 
fantastic rapper. You I know, think I, I think just, he's a great yeah. rapper because uh, he's he's Will Smith. He's himself, and what what where where Will Smith proved uh, himself to me personally and earned my respect was when during the era of Eminem, you know, which was complete opposite of Will Smith, and you know, he's like. I don't say, you know, I swear on records, not like Will Smith, Will Smith's corny. Uh, Will Smith never changed. He mm. never let that alter who he was. And then so when he continued to do Will Smith, um, shucks, that's when I'm like, okay, I love Will Smith. And he's even cooler now that he's on social media. Yeah. Yeah. YouTube, uh, house concert. That's what I was thinking about him because he, he and Jazzy Jeff did a, um, you know, they were on video and did a, did a rap together. Did they? Yeah. Yeah, dude, it was cool. It was cool. And I was like, man, this is actually really good. Like, he's he's good. I I, I was impressed. Like, yeah. What about uh, and you know he really puts it all into his music. So, yeah. Okay, so I wanted to see what one of my favorite rappers out now. His name is Joyner Lucas. Oh, did a song called Will Smith. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> a beautiful song. Yeah. Joyner. By the way, Joyner Lucas is like one of the more like <clears throat> super hot underground artists right now. In regards to like he he's solely on skill, and um, you know highly respected. Uh, he's just super dope, and he did a song called Will Smith, talking about Will Smith being one of his idols. And yeah. in his video, he actually like went through all all of Will Smith's like different phases, TV shows, movies. Every bar he had about Will Smith that involved a movie, they changed the scenario to that set. It was really good. Will Smith actually said, "Um, you know, I'm a fan and." wanted to call this artist to talk to him about it. It was really good. All right, cool. Okay, so, so if we should, if we wanted to get into, so Eminem, Jay-Z would be good starting points for good rap. Oh yeah, of course. If you're looking for, well, yeah, Eminem might, <clears throat> it's weird, Eminem in this day and age, when you look back at his old music, yeah. you're kind of disgusted by it due to the climate of things. In, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. But if you lived in that era, it made sense. So all the homophobic jokes, all the, right. you know, use the F word a lot, the six letter F word. Yeah. And back then it wasn't so frowned upon as it was now mm -hmm. in the public eye, you know? You know what, so. I'll, I'll end with one more story. I, I, in, so back when I was uh, in high school, the big CD or the big thing was uh, The Chronic by Dr. Dre. Oh. I, I, used to, I used to have that thing going to my car all the time, you know? <laughs> and uh, one day my parents borrowed my car. And I guess it was just oh. in the so they started, it just started playing, right? So when they got home, they were like, what are you listening to? This is garbage, you know, why would you listen to this? I'm like, don't worry about it, it's fine, it's just fun, it's good, you know, it's good music, I like the beat and stuff like that. Anyway, so I graduated high school and I, I, didn't, I didn't listen to, Coming out of, uh, in college, I didn't really listen to a lot of rap and stuff. And then one day, my, my friend had one of those old binders with all the CDs in it, you know, and, it, and it, she had the chronic in there. And I'm like, oh my God, I haven't, I haven't heard the CD since I was 15, you know, like, can I borrow it? And then <laughs> so I take it, I put it in my car and then I start playing it and I'm just like, oh, 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 God. <laughs> I was like, I'm so offended. <laughs> But <laughs> my parents got mad about this. Like now, I'm listening to it ten years later. I'm, I'm in my thirties, you know. Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> but I still think it's a good CD. But when you listen to all the dialogue, because right in that CD, there's a lot of talking in between the songs. Yeah. yeah. Very, um, you know, it's violent and stuff like that. But uh, yeah. But I don't know. I turned out fine. So yeah, relatively. Yeah. Relatively, yeah. As long as you don't open up the closet doors and see, like, you know, four dead bodies hanging and things. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so, like the one that's behind him right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, me and Devin, we grew up in a different era from you guys. We grew up with, like, Run DMC, Beastie Boys. Ooh, yes. You know? We grew up in that era, and those were the stuff that was pounding in my stereo back in high school. And then Two Life Crew came out. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> original offensive rap, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so Until, until uh, NWA came out, uh, which, yeah. I, which, I heard, which I heard when I was in college, and everybody went, what is this? Yeah. 
<laughs> and nothing nothing funnier than being in Spokane that's like 95% white and then my friend puts this thing on <laughs> we're all like whoa okay what's <laughs> too light as soon as like, fuck the police came on dude that was over man I was just like oh no was Two Life Crew the original um, offensive rap? Yeah. They were the first ones to get a triple X, yeah. They yeah. got an X-rated. I mean, hey, we want some pussy. Come on. It's, you know, there's no way to sort of misconstrue that at all. Well, they were, they were, trying, to, they were trying to raise funds for the Humane Society. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cats need love, too. Yes. Let's not start with the cats, man. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> hey, um, Styles, real quick, um, can you talk about lo- uh, uh, Angry Locals, your your group, your rap yeah. group? Uh, it's a rap uh, super group, we like to call it. Uh, it was originally four of us uh, artists who had solo careers. And then we're just hanging out in the same studio for working with the same producer, who's Osna. And um, we all had like unfinished songs. You know, so I would have a song that had like one verse and a hook. Somebody else had a song with a hook and two verses done. Um, long story short, we all was like, to finish all the songs, we all just featured each other on the same songs and realized, oh, look, we have a, we have a group project. Let's make an album. <laughs> and it's like, okay. So we started a group called Angry Locals with all of us, and it just took off. Cool, if, you guys, if you guys get a chance to check it out, it's, it's, some, pretty, it's some really impressive music. Is, yeah. is there a way, uh, Chris, that we can YouTube a certain thing to find all your work that you've done in the past and currently? Uh, yeah, you can YouTube uh, Angry Locals would be one. Okay. Um, that one's spelled correctly. And then you can YouTube <laughs> Chris Styles, um, which is spelled very hip-hop. So it's K-R-Y-S-T-I-L-E-Z. Okay. But if you look up Angry Locals, you'll see the spelling in, in the, when it lists our member names. So it'd be easy. Okay. Check it out. Yeah. Uh, we've done tours, battles, just a lot of music, videos. Yeah, watch, um, the, watch you know. the battle. Watch the battle, guys. The, the rap battles. Holy moly. <laughs> yeah. Every so often I'll walk into the studio when he's watching these things. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> rap battles in general will blow your guys' mind because it's it's um unfiltered it's basically unfiltered debates. Right. You right. know? So you could find like they'll talk about race, they'll talk about uh sexes, they'll talk about anything, and the only fine line between the two people that are arguing is um violence. So you cannot touch or hit the other person, but you can say whatever you'd like. Was there ever a point where you wanted to punch someone in the face though and you just got close and you held back yeah and i ended up losing the battle real bad oh yeah because <laughs> i lost my i lost my train of thought you know like oh. i was you kind of have this thing in your brain and then uh some events happened during that night and where in, in an earlier battle one of the audience members threw a table you know he oh. just threw the table down but i got mad at him for messing up our event uh-huh. and then you know, after the whole fiasco was done i walked back into the venue um, and then they're like, all right, you're up right now. And then I was already blanked out, you know, all I could think in my head was fighting and it's not good. It's definitely not good. Cause first of all, I'll be a very afraid to rap battle you. No, 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 I'm not that great. But, um, no, only, are- only because I'd probably be battling right into your belly button instead of looking you eye to eye. <laughs> <laughs> and you could smash me right there if I, you know, if you got mad, I'll be very intimidated. <laughs> Okay, well, with that, guys, uh, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, Chris, thanks for coming on the, the podcast. Anytime. Mahalo for having me, man. This is good fun. You guys Hopefully are fun. We'll have you in person, which I think will be, will be extra, extra exciting. Oh, yes. We have to do it, and we have to make sure we do videos so that there is the, you'll, you'll see the uh, visual difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Even> us. <laughs> To everyone listening, uh, thanks for tuning in. I know this is uh, not the ideal situation, but we just love doing this. And uh, you know, drop us a line at uh, either at High Sessions on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube, or just look us up and find us. We're around. Mm-hmm. And make sure you check out Styles with Rella in the morning. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. On High 93. Yeah, we need it. We need the. We need the listings and views. We just started. 
and we started as soon as the pandemic started. So it's a very <laughs> interesting time. <laughs> That's right. Can't even go out and promote ourselves, you know. <laughs> well, good talking start with you, Chris. Take care, and likewise, Al. And mahalo, John. Mahalo, Devin. Yeah. Guys, See you tomorrow morning, boo. <laughs> yeah. Right and early. Aloha. Thanks, you guys. Bye, bro.